This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. Available now from Prosthetic Records, the new album Heaven That Dwells Within from Vancouver's Worm Witch. Metal Sucks says, The riffs that dwell within Worm Witch's sophomore album can't be praised enough. And yes, Brooklyn Vegan praises Heaven That Dwells Within is still an album with the power to unite punk and metal fans like Wormwitch debut was. But Wormwitch sound way more evil this time around. Too many plaudits to count, but Invisible Orange says, once again, manifesting their whimsically archaic brand of frostbitten evil, Canadian black and roll crust punk crossover group Wormwitch has now unveiled their second full-length record, Heaven That Dwells Within. And Decibel Wax's Worm, which continues to lean into the black metal influences, finding a riff-based sound that has a strong atmosphere while remaining in the listener's face. Worm Witch, Heaven That Dwells Within, is available now on LP, digital, and CD, and they are on tour all year. I want to remind you guys that this show is sponsored by Rockabilia. Need to stock up on some of your favorite band's merch? Go to rockabilia.com and put some on your wish list. They're the one-stop shop for all your band merch needs. Need to buy a gift for someone and know what bands they're into? Pick up something from Rockabilia. You won't be disappointed with their selection, and you can get 10% off with the code PCJabberJaw. So head on over to rockabilia.com and use the promo code PCJabberJaw and save 10% today. It's the Metal Sucks Podcast with your hosts, Petter Spych, Brandon Hahn, and Jocelyn Sharp. Metal Sucks Podcast. Hey, what is going on, people? What's going on, world? How you doing? What is that? Stop it's, that. It's me. People. Okay. <laughs> Good. Good. World. <laughs> it's your host, Petter Spych. I'm always joined by... My name is Brandon Hahn, and you can find me on Instagram and Twitter at Mr. Hahn Comedy. And the lovely Jocelyn Sharp. You can find me on Instagram and Twitter, you know, out there putting them thirst traps up at Jocelyn Sharp. Dude, how many metalheads know what a thirst trap is? Everyone knows what a thirst trap okay. is. I have no fucking clue what a thirst trap is. That's because you're a dad and you're sing- and you're not single. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a dad, but I'm not single. Dad's Never want to be single. Found the perfect fucking woman. I'm oh, and she doesn't even listen to the show. She doesn't oh, listen to it. So I'm just, just saying, saying that to the that world to man. piss us off. Nah, she, fucking... she don't listen to metal. <laughs> uh, she don't listen to metal. No. What does no. she listen to, bro? Bro. <laughs> yeah, bro. Yeah. What's that? What's that girl music where dudes whine? Um, um, everything. Indie, indie rock. No, no, no. I mean, dashboard I, confessional. Everything, dude. Metal? Like probably that stuff. Like Some, I've been to a lot of the concerts with her, and I'll tell you right now, I've seen Jason Mraz. I've seen Modest Mouse, who was really good. I've seen Jenny Lewis, who was really good. I saw Death Cab for Cutie, who is one of the worst bands I can even fucking imagine anybody can want to. You listen know, it's even worse than They're that. Despicable. The way you pronounced it, Death, Death Cab, Cab for Cutie. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, you know what? We don't even have to let the metalheads know what we were talking about she because to if music they don't, that I don't like. Because if they don't know, if they don't like what uh, Death Cab for Cutie is, then you know what? <laughs> They're living a good life. She listens to City of, City in Color, which is uh, the dude from Alexis on Fire. So I appreciate that band because I love Alexis on Fire. Anyways, I thought it was going to be Homie the Clown. Guys, I don't even know that joke. Me living, either. Living Color. Petter, don't play that. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. For years now, Synthwave Sunday has been happening on the Metalsucks.net. And we wanted to talk to a dark Synthwave artist. They've been promoting it for years. And this is a genre that has 
pretty much been created in the last 10 years. So this week, guys, we got James Kent from Perturbator, one of the kings of the dark synthwave movement. But before we do that, this week, guys, we got another music episode. Oh, We're about halfway through the year, and at the halfway point, we always like to play some tracks of the records we think you need to hear before the summer hits. So this week, we're going to give you guys five releases you need to hear before you move on to the rest of 2019. And uh, not all of them are metal. Because when us three get together, sometimes we like other bands that make sense. Mm. And those bands aren't Death Cab for Cutie. Okay, I thought you were no. going to say, but they are Death Cab for Pubie. And we, I, would like to point out, <laughs> <laughs> I would like to point out that you do have to listen to all five singles or not let the bus go below 60 miles per hour or it will explode. Mm, that was Speed a reference. Three. That was a summer blockbuster <laughs> reference that you waited a little bit. I can't believe my attention deficit absorbed the setup that happened a week ago and now we're soaking in that magic. First record, Assheads. Mm. Ooh, that that's was, a new one. That a that's, new a, one. that's a good band. Asshole, asshole faces. <laughs> okay. That's, that's from Dice. I, I got so much Dice references in my yeah. mind, so it's crazy. Um, anyways, first album, guys, we think here at the Metal Sucks Podcast you need to hear is not a metal record, but you need to hear it. Cinderella is from Bad Religion. This is off the record Age of Unreason, and this track is called Chaos From Within. I can't stop listening to that record. You can't do go bad wrong. religion. Do they? They've done wrong on occasion, I but Jesus, th this record is excellent. And you know what? We needed it. We needed. We needed Greg Graffin to be political for a little bit. Next song, next record. We think you guys need to have heard. So far, one of our favorites of the year, without a shadow of a doubt, and that is the new Periphery record, Periphery Four. Hail Stan. And the song we're going to play off that one, guys. This one is called Garden in the Bones. Like a 
Dude, that record. You guys got nothing. I, no, I'm just, I was sorry. I you were gonna say something. <laughs> sorry, I said something about the first album, and then I got cut off, and so I yeah, <laughs> I don't I was, know where to jump in. <laughs> I was like, you're I like, cut you off record. on Bad Religion. Yeah, no, it was fine. You well, were like we that just, record, we, you, and, we, and, I was and then like, we just like moved on. Yeah, I yeah. was waiting for you to ramp up, and then we were gonna jump on your your wave. Yeah, and then you were like that record, and I'm like yes, yeah. Pete, yes. What what more? What, uh, it was just that record is so good. Okay, so I should have done that. Yeah. Yeah. Or did you expect us to say that? Did yeah. you, you expect us to interrupt you in the middle of a sentence? Guys, we've been doing podcasts for like three or four years now. For a long time, us as people. If you can't finish my sentences. <laughs> I cannot finish your sentences. That cause... sentence. Come on, Pete. <laughs> I, okay, I can't. Uh, Periphery is like um, my workout band. That's like what I listen to when I lift weights. Why do I have this mental image of uh, Jocelyn doing pull-ups like Linda Hamilton in T2 <laughs> just with periphery blaring in the, ba- dun, in the background dun, dun, dun. Yeah. staring out a window I'm while like, my neighborhood like, burns <laughs> All right. like, ah, let me grab the chain link fence so we have one speed reference and one Terminator 2 reference <laughs> we have date us like a mother are there new movies uh, there's, there's, there's one called John Wick 3 <laughs> haven't Wick. seen it yet yeah. gonna happen gonna happen Sunday alright guys next album that we as a collective feel that you guys need to hear at the midway point of 2019 well, we interviewed him last week, and fuck, this record is excellent. We are huge fans of it. That's the latest record from Possessed, the first one they put out in 33 years, Revelations of Oblivion. This is a track called Shadow Cult. Demons and 
That record. That record. <laughs> is so good. Come on, Pete. It's <laughs> so good. You just can't repeat what we're saying. <laughs> You're supposed to finish the sentence. I, I um, That I, sandwich. Tastes like poop ship. No. No. <laughs> that wasn't even a good description of what a bad sandwich would taste like. Poop ship. <laughs> he couldn't even come up with... A normal human sentence. He didn't even say poop shit. It was poop ship. Yeah. Like a ship of poop. Oh, you guys, God. I'm going to edit it out. <laughs> that record. That record. <laughs> Maybe I'll keep it. We'll see. Be an artist. We got two more albums that we feel you need to hear before you continue on here in, in, the, in the wonderful year of 2019. It's been pretty good so far, I think. But before we do that and before we get into our interview, guys... This month, Amon and Marth will release their new album, Berserker, via Metal Blade Records. Berserker, via Metal Blade Records, comprising 12 monstrous heavy metal anthems that bulge with irresistible melodic hooks, bursts of thrilling savagery, and moments of spine-tingling dynamic drama. Berserker is the result of the huge surge of creativity and a collective desire to keep moving forward with no compromise. Purchase your copy of Berserker now at MetalBlade.com slash Amarth. Once again, MetalBlade.com slash Amarth. And with that, guys, let's jump into our interview with James Kent of Perturbator. Hey, everybody. What's going on? It's Petter, Metal Sucks Podcast. On the phone, I got James from Perturbator. And we are here to talk about you are currently on your North American tour, man. But we also want to kind of give our metal audience kind of a glimpse in the synth wave and the dark synth wave and talk some metal with you, my friend. So let's jump right into your genre because a lot of the guys listening on my program might not be familiar with it, even though Vince puts out a synth wave Sunday every week. But the dark synth wave sound, it gets a mixed reaction from the metal community, if I've noticed. But you're coming from a black metal background and you embrace... Yeah, I do. Yeah, and you embrace the similarities. What do you feel are those similarities? I think it's it has to do with the probably the songwriting. It's not just when people think electronic music; they mostly I think they think about loops, you know, like uh, like long tracks, kind of minimalistic with just the beats. But um, my type of music has you know verses, choruses, bridges, a lot of like you know intricacy in the in the writing. So. I think that's that's probably something that metalheads enjoy and they and they like that. Uh, there's also like a, some sort of aggressivity in my music, I guess, in, in this type of music in general. The live setting is so important for people when they see you guys or you know you do your thing live. I I was lucky enough to see like John Carpenter perform his uh, music live a couple years back in the eerie atmosphere. Yeah. It was like transcendent at moments it like takes you to another place yeah I feel, he's amazing i feel that you bring that with your style of music is that element important to you during the live performance it's very it's very narrative there's like uh it's very it, it could be like soundtrack you know this type, this type of music could be used for soundtracks and stuff it has some it, it brings images to mind of like movies and uh, video games or you know stuff like that so during the live performances, we always try to through the light show mostly because the light show is kind of insane. Uh, we, we try to make it as you know 
narrative and you know we try to make like some sort of storytelling through the lights so through the light show and uh and also the you know the track the set list is very you know a lot of ups and downs you know a lot of contrasts in uh, in everything so yeah we try we try to bring that on stage of course was there any narrative um style of uh soundtrack or musician that influenced you that you learned from as you were doing this project well of course john carpenter that you mentioned before and but also goblin mm. in the soundtrack of some dario argento movies and my my favorite composer is a uh, vangelis or vangelis i don't know how you say it but vangelis i think uh who made the soundtrack of blade runner which is like probably my favorite soundtrack ever made can I bring up? I think it's Vangelis, dude. But can I bring up that? I, I think, but I'm not sure. I'm gonna. But everybody, it's spelled exactly how we're saying it. But he did the soundtrack yeah. for the Oliver Stone film Alexander, the movie that nobody liked, right? And I yeah yeah, yeah. I purchased the soundtrack, and this is easily one of my favorite soundtracks. I just want the world to know that. So don't write off the soundtrack <laughs> just because the movie was it wasn't uh, up to par. Because uh, yeah, he kills that soundtrack. <laughs> He's great. And and that that's a that's somebody that I hope people do check out. But yeah, Blade Runner I think is a a very important one. Did you see the new Susperia by chance? I did with uh, Tommy Orp doing yeah. the soundtrack. I was just and about I like to bring it up, dude. Yeah, that soundtrack yeah, yeah. was epic, dude. Yeah, I liked it. I really I, I thought I like I like the way that we're going with it. Like they didn't just remake it; they they changed it up. You know, they made it something different. So it's not even comparable to the original, you know. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's. I think that's a. He's a great filmmaker. I don't know what to say since Luca. I'm not. I'm so. I don't want to say his name wrong. It's like Gudarian or something like that. <laughs> yeah. I probably butchered it. But um, I, that shows a great filmmaker is because unfortunately in modern times, I think for a lot of film guys, they have to have a name value like Suspiria to get people to come yeah. to the theater. But then he still takes it and makes it his own. I, I I'm a huge fan mm-hmm. of that, but. You brought up the soundtrack by Tom York from Radiohead, if you guys haven't heard of that one. It, it is a phenomenal soundtrack. And that is something that I think, you know, your art form really just kind of embraces is that for me as a, as a person that listens to music, I, I rarely go to soundtracks without having images in my head. But with your music, yeah. I, I get to create them as I go. Is that something? That's the, yeah. that's the idea? That's the point. Yeah. yeah, that was the idea all along. When I was making the music itself, um, uh, when I'm making it, I'm always thinking about. I'm I'm imagining, I'm picturing myself some scenes from you know, like just out of my head, uh, out of nothing. Of course, it it takes you know cues from other uh, you know movies and shit like that. You know, it's always in the in my head when I'm making the music. I'm always thinking about like a scene or a, a, set, a setting or like a place or something like that. And I hope, I th- and I think a lot of people do the same when they listen to it. Like they get to imagine something just with the, with, just with the music in the background. I think that's exactly what you accomplished. Cause that's what I do. It takes me away from a lot of times with life, the way when it gets busy, like sometimes music will take you into a, like a background noise type of thing. Cause you're just doing something, you know? But when you yeah, stop yeah. and like, I mean, if, if for like, if I go for a drive and I put you on, I can virtually lose, you know, <laughs> everything around there and kind of picture 
a cinematic way. I, I hate to sound cheesy of like me smoking a cigarette <laughs> in slow motion or something like that, but it happens. Yes. <laughs> yeah, it does. Yeah, it does. It happens. It's, That's art. During driving, yeah. a lot of people tell me that. it's. Uh, they, a lot of people tell me they listen to my music while they're driving, which is, I guess, the best setting, the best you know, place to, the best way to enjoy my music, I think. And, and Some I, people also listen to go to the gym. Yes. Yeah, so. Jim, Jim works work. But the 2011 film Drive, I remember, did kind of spawn or influence the movement a lot. It did. Well, the, you know, the, the brooding guy on the, in a car, not talking, very tough looking. And, of course, it's one of the first things that comes to mind. So Drive definitely influenced not just me, but, like, I think a lot of people in this type of music. And uh, his other films, did you see? It's Nicholas Winding Refn, I think is his name. Again, I'm butchering yeah. names, but did you see? Again, again weird name. Uh, yeah. And <laughs> <laughs> his other films, I don't know if you saw like Valhalla Rising or anything like that. It seems like yeah. it's always been like that kind of element of the music is almost more important than the dialogue. Yeah, the, the music is a character in itself. Yeah. I don't know. It's, it's, yeah, yeah. Neon Demon. It's yes. the same. Yes, it was. Very, very music-driven movie. I really like it. I like I like his way of doing it. Yeah, uh, filming, you know, making, you know, making music a part like a very important part of his movies. I, I that's cool. I agree, man. His best films are Pusher One, Two, and Three. For listeners out there that don't know, because I know everybody thinks Drive's the best, but I will fight that <laughs> argument. Pusher One, Two, and Three. So the '80s and and the synth music is thought of a lot of people. Do you embrace that sound, or do you want to lose that cheesy element? I kind of, I kind of want to lose it, especially recently, since I'm I'm going towards a new direction. You know, a new direction musically. Um, I'm not so much into that the eighty sound in itself. It's I don't think it's uh, I don't think it, I should uh, describe my sound like that. But I, I do use it sometimes. It's I think it more of like a tool or something. Like I use some cheesiness from the eighties, like sounding synthesizer and thing that people remember. But yeah, more and more the more I make music, and especially recently, I'm trying to move towards something different especially with new model for example i did like uh, it, new model is almost an electronic like a modern electronic album yes the latest ep if i may and then you did put out a, a single if i'm if i'm not wrong called excess correct recently yeah yeah and that, yes yes and that follows the new model sound modern metal fans that i've learned are a lot more open-minded to electronic and atmospheric elements um, that are dark because of your love for metal do you want to embrace that on records going forward yeah absolutely yeah yeah it's uh, to be very honest with you it's gonna sound weird but um, it's very hard for me to write um happy music honestly all, all the things i write are kind of moody in a way a lot of atmospherics it's the most important part about my music for me is to make something very atmospheric and dark and i cannot even i can't even write a happy track i tried it's kind of weird well i think a lot of people relate (laughs) relate to you on that though are you comforted by dark and kind of moody things more so than happy things yeah 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 it feels yeah it feels natural yeah so i 
I think more people relate to that these days. If if I if I may outside just from the world, just walking around, I see you know in the states at least there's a lot more like I used to see smiles, but a, there's a lot more scowls now. People don't want to look you in the eye and they don't want to talk oh. to you. You know, so I think that's a feeling that's more universal now. Is that fair? Do you see that as you're kind of living? Uh, I don't see it as much, but I'm, I'm living in Paris, so everybody's uh, pretty grumpy there anyway. So everybody's <laughs> 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 Paris, so that's you know, but yeah, I don't, I didn't see a change, but I do see it around me every day, just like moody people and moody stuff, and even the weather today in Denver is moody as fuck. Let's go back to the live show, man, because I need, I want everybody to see it out there. We're gonna get you out here at Psycho Vegas this year, so I'll see you then. Your live show is pure energy. What do you notice differently from crowds in the states than say other countries? Um, not that, not, not too many things actually, not to be fair, like, uh, American crowds are very good. I like them. They're very cool. They're very energetic. They slam, they stage dive, they, you know, they get crazy, but just as much as European people do, I believe so. I was trying to get an answer that we're the That's best. Cool. We're the best ever crowds. I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> nah, I'm just totally kidding, man. So uh, one thing I did like to want to bring up is you've done soundtracks for video games, a few now. Um, how do you approach that project differently than, you know, something that, an album that you're writing? Um, That's, well, well, it's more like when I'm writing music for video games, it's more like, um, it's more like uh, I'm making music for the game and it, it was asked by the developer of the game so so it's more like a I don't know how you, how you say it like a work of uh, it's like a command command work yeah. I don't know the English word for it uh, it's like a commission mm-hmm. sort of when I make albums I'm trying to make something narrative out of sound and is as in the album itself like it has like uh, let's say 13 13 tracks and i want all those 13 tracks to have like a you know uh like a flow to them and you know like the first track and then the you know it's pretty energetic and then in the middle you're gonna be you're gonna have a slow track or something like that in a video game you just i did just like a couple of tracks for a specific level in a video game. So that was that was a bit easier, actually, than to make an album. So when you're doing like something like that, like a commissioned work, and you don't have full creative control, is that difficult yeah. for you? Or do you feel like it's actually kind of a relief? It, depend, it depends on the... On the on the on the commission piece like it depends on what i'm asked to do because if like again if i'm asked to do like a happy track it's probably going to be hard for me to do but uh but i can do it i can try so yeah just it really depends on the the actual track i'm making or the actual piece of music i'm asked to do the genre that you're in right now, like we, we just mentioned, you brought up, you grew up in kind of black metal bands and you kind of grew up in that scene. But the genre that you're in right now, do you feel it's easier to take risks or does the fan base expectations have similar consequences like if you were in a black metal band? Now, I think it has similar consequences. It, may, it might be a little bit easier, but I think people don't like change and it, you know, it's not, it, people uh, don't like change in general usually so 
whether they like metal or electronic music or synthwave, they just, they just, you know, it's hard. It, it's just, it's hard to take a risk, but it's always re rewarding, I guess. Most, most of the times, I guess. Now, how do you feel as a fan? Are you good with bands taking risks or you do not like change either? I love only when bands that take risks. Gotcha. Most most of the times, I'm I'm actually pretty fed up when I see like uh, when there's a band that I really like, and they're releasing like I don't know like their third album is the same, and then the fourth album is the same. It's it's always it's always a bit boring for me. So I love bands like Older or you know Mr. Bongo or everything Mike Patton does. I guess. Uh, I like when people change it up a bit. Mike Mike Patton's my uh, bucket list interview. It's got to happen one day. It's got to happen. Oh yeah. Now, I, I, I try. Oh, yeah. I try every every year, but they're like, no, Mike's not doing interviews. I'm like, yeah, well. <laughs> but yeah, he is a he is a inspiration. I think for so many because of what he does. Like, and you just follow his journey. You don't even care. You're like, his name's on it. I, I trust it. And that's something that I think every oh. artist wants. But why does he get that? Oh, it's fascinating. He's fascinating. Mm. I don't know. I feel like everything he does, I might not like it, but I will still be like interested in it. I would still be like, "Fuck, that's kind of crazy." I, I didn't know he would go there. Like Mondo Cane, this thing mm -hmm. he does, it did with the orchestra and stuff. It's really cool. I like it. The one that I, it was tough for me to get to was he did General Patton versus the Executioners. I have that record. Did you ever get that one? Yeah, I got this one. Um, yeah, hard for me to get into that one. Because to be honest, he seemed like he wasn't too involved in it to me. You know, I'd seen, I seen, he seemed yeah. like his voices yeah. were in there. But uh, a lot of the stuff, the, the Mondo Kenneth, I love that one, dude. I remember that one. But the um, is it Kata yeah. Patton? Um, he did two with that guy. Kata. This song's so good. This song's so, so good. So good. Yeah, those are like next level. And I mean, there was a there was a couple of years, and this is what I feel about a lot of artists is that they'll put out like four or five amazing records. And I remember the first one came out when like Tomahawk Mick Gas came out and like Phantomas. Yeah. Like he did like four in a row of the different bands. And it was just like I'm like, how do you just did you do all this in like ten years and just put this out this all this year? <laughs> you know? Like, so. Yeah, I know. But those oh, he's crazy. Those creative, those creative moments. That's you're right. That's what I need out of an artist. And then, but a lot of artists, I feel, and this, like I said, I, I have no proof of that. I think they they have to cater to an audience to an extent. Um, I feel mm. that the artists that can do what Mike Patton do are exceptional in the talent that they do. Like yeah. his, his voice yeah. is exceptional. You know, like he can pull anything off, type of thing. Absolutely, I, I dream of working with him one day. <laughs> oh, if you I, ever if you ever get to do a podcast with him, I'm just tell, tell him. <laughs> like, look, dude, look, dude, I got a long list Damn. of everybody I've told that you're my bucket list guy. I've got this long list. So, uh, got, got, <laughs> so but uh, so for you, your influence, like we saw, there's a visual aspect to your influence as well. Do you feel it's more from films or video games? I would say more from films because mm. I grew up watching a lot of movies. Movies that. I wasn't supposed to watch even and when I was a kid. My, my parents had like a lot of VHS, like a big collection and they would let me watch anything, which is kind of stupid. But so I, I watched like 
Texas Chainsaw Massacre when I was like like uh, like a like a boy, which is <laughs> which is not a movie that you want to show to your kid, but it's okay. It it freaked it freaked me the fuck out. Uh, I watched Alien, Predator, like all those '80s action flicks, you know, like uh, like um, Last Action Hero, uh, a lot of Schwarzenegger films, you know, First Blood, Stallone, a lot of a lot of things like that, and. I'm pretty sure it did have an impact, especially the sci-fi movies for some reason. Because I, lo- I always love the colors, like you know, they, they always have this crazy colors going on. Like when you think about a movie like Aliens from James Cameron, you think immediately about those blue corridors and like everything is so blue there. It's kind of crazy. So yeah, 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 movies mostly. Yeah, that's my my parents are foreign, dude. I was watching RoboCop when I was like seven. Same thing. They're like they're, everything rated R. They didn't care oh, yeah. about. Yeah, they're just like just go ahead and watch it. Um, I I don't know. I know I pulled off a Nightmare on Elm Street when I was like seven, and that scared the shit oh, out of me. But <laughs> that was scary. Yeah, yeah. Now you know, yeah, yeah. France had that a great wave of horror films. I want to say about ten years ago, Martyrs, Inside, Frontiers. Like you guys had this. I can't. Yeah. Think. Yeah. Now, were you of age when those were kind of coming up, and did those influence you? Uh, not that much. Hmm. I was not really into the the French horror movies. Actually, I did watch them. Hmm. Monsters, special Monsters is pretty good. I like it. Yeah. Uh, but but it's mostly the the American or Italian like the Gallo yeah. movies. Most that were most influential for me. So inside didn't do it for you. That I feel that's one of the like scariest movies I've ever seen. Um, I don't know. It didn't do it didn't for me. Do it for you? I don't man. know. Maybe. I, I don't yeah, know. I didn't do it for me. Betty Blue was like <laughs> one of these movies when I was a kid. And I'm like, I'm in love with this lady. And then if anybody doesn't know, it's Beatrice Dali, and then she's the villain in Inside. So maybe it's just a connection because I haven't seen her that much in my life. But I'm telling you, dude, Inside was. Uh, my lady, we're we're uh, we're expecting a child in a couple months here, and. Uh, Every time she sees the DVD cover, she's like, get that out of the house right now while I'm pregnant. (laughs) (laughs) I'm like, for sure, man. So the American films do have a a bigger influence on you as far as the musical aspect of it. When it comes to like music and stuff like that, was it more of the European sound or same thing? Um, It's a mix. It's a mix because uh, France has a lot of good electronic music art acts, I want to say. Mm-hmm. And I did pull some influences from them, you know, Justice, of course, Daft Punk, to name like the biggest ones, I guess. But yeah, I pulled like a bit from everywhere, you know, I pulled from mostly soundtracks like, you know, John Carpenter, Justice, uh, Goblin, Mm. it's everywhere, it's all over. Now, all good music does bring emotion out of the listener, uh, to you as a creator that's connected both from doing black metal and the synth wave, which one is easier for you to connect with an audience? Um, good question. I think, I think black metal still, but that's just me because I, I'm such a, I'm, I'm a big black metal fan and I'm more, I'm, I'm able to more connect with black metal for some reason. I always feel like a good black metal album is going to really grab me. I'm going to listen to it like on loop for like months, even years. And it's very hard for me to find to, and to make synthwave 
like into it's very hard for me to find synthwave that is very engaging and when i make my music it's you know i pull some tricks from the black metal book you know like a lot of soundscapes a lot of drones and you know weird sounds in, in the background and stuff like that but uh yeah i feel i feel like black metal is way more emotionally engaging for me who is even the- to even to make him Oh, even to make, yeah. So, so, who is the Mike Patton of black metal? Oh fuck! <laughs> I have an answer in my head already, but I'm gonna let you. I'm gonna let you say your side. Oh man! Uh, oh well. Isan. Isan. That's from I, Pro. That's what I say. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that's my Mike. I would Patton. say, yeah, you know, yeah, you got a point. Yeah, I think you're right. He can pull anything right. off, man. That guy, that guy's he impressive. Pull, dude. Yeah, he, he could pull anything off. Yeah, that's true. I would say Gaul. No, Gaul. Yeah, Gaul, maybe. He's, uh, I haven't heard the new band. I know that, I forgot what it's called. It's called Gaul something, but I haven't heard it yet. He just yeah. released it, right? I like it. I like it. It's good? Pretty okay, good. I'll check it out for sure, man. So the black metal style and sound that, that you, like you said, you, you like the soundscapes. Is it because of the wall of sound that it brings that you feel it's very similar to the synth wave? Um... Well, I feel I feel like it's similar to my music, mm-hmm. but not synthwave. In general. Because synthwave is, yeah. in in general, is, is a, it's a it's a broad term, you know. Yeah. You can call something synthwave, but it's not. I mean, it's it's going to sound super different in my music, or you know, it's it's a very broad term, and I don't I can't think of a lot of electronic musicians who do this wall of sound thing like this, like a lot of. A lot of uh, distortion and, um, and crazy parts and stuff like that. Super heavy parts, I mean. But I would say, I would say, yeah, probably, probably. But also, for me, it's all the, about the atmospherics. Black metal is a very atmospheric type of music, and I think that's what ties black metal and my music together. And now black metal as a genre has evolved so quickly and so many things have been added to it, um, especially from a lot of bands yeah. coming from America and, uh, and and other regions. But, I mean, it has evolved in the last 20 years, almost where you can yep. pull anything off, you know, um, whether you're a one-man band or not. Yeah. Now, obviously, purists are going to be a little different, but with a genre that risk-taking and changing – um, do you think it's a lot to do because a lot of the creators are one person? Um, it is. It is kind of challenging because of that. That's true. Because being in one man band, it's it's kind of hard. It is kind of hard, and it's but it's also very rewarding when you pull off something. You feel very proud of yourself. It's kind of weird. it's kind of weird to explain, but you, you see what I mean. Yeah, I think that's every. I think every artist journey is in themselves and they're like i'm gonna do this for me and then share you know yep i think if their mindset's right. like i need to get praise for this i think it's gonna be crap <laughs> so i've always been that way so it's <laughs> yeah it's it's an eternal thing that you're getting out of you and then sharing you know what i'm saying and uh i think exactly yeah. Black metal because it's not as collaborative as other art forms in the in the metal world right now and stuff like that. I think that that has a it has a lot of visionaries in them. In, and you like that form of your career opposed to collaborating with the band? 
Uh, yeah, I like it. I like it like that. I'm, I'm sometimes I miss. I'm not gonna lie to you. I miss working with a band and create music as a group. But being being in my house in my studio and making a track and being like alone, you know, with myself and making it is it's really the best feeling for me. Even better than doing tours or being on stage or something. It's just the, the writing process when I'm alone and I'm trying to find like a good part or a good riff or something. Uh, it, it really, it's the best part of me, of being a musician for me. Well, last question, dude. I just want to, I want to thank you one more time, James, for calling in. I want everybody out there to make sure you're looking. Perturbator is on tour right now in North America. Check dates. You don't want to miss this, guys. And if not, fly out to Psycho Vegas. Spend the weekend. It's going to be a great time out here. Mandalay Bay, Las Vegas. The retro of the 80s sound and different styles of eras, 80s, 90s, stuff like that. I feel like all those time frames have something very similar to emotions and atmosphere. Do you feel that there yeah. is something that defines the last 10 years, or do you feel we're just kind of repeating ourselves? I feel, I feel a, a bit of both. I feel like we halfway, half of us is just repeating that what worked before, like in the 80s, 90s. You see it a lot, even in metal. There's a lot of like revival you know, trash metal and crossover bands. But I also think that I also feel like we're still, we don't have the distance. Like, I don't have the distance uh, to, to tell exactly what defined the last 10 years. It's still too fresh. You know what I mean? Yeah, I completely agree. I, I do. I just feel like, um, mm, I feel like technology might have surpassed humans for a second and we're still trying to catch up. So we're losing the art that defines yeah. us. Like before, it defined yeah. us quicker because we're on the same page. Is that fair? Yeah, I feel, I feel, yeah, I see what you mean. Like we're catching I, I up. I would to agree. It. Yeah. So. Yeah, yeah, it's it's weird. It, it's it's all blurry. You know, it's like you don't really know. I cannot tell you what. Sometimes I listen to bands and I'm like, I cannot tell when this came out. <laughs> yeah. And in terms of. It's like a it's like a band that sounds super eighties, super like uh, heavy 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 metal, but it came out in twenty sixteen, and I'm like, what? But that's great. I liked it. I like it. I, when I, it's done well, I like it. I do. I, I agree with you. That's what I, exactly what I mean. Is like you can see a movie from the eighties and be like, yeah, this is eighties. You know, this is nineties. Yeah. But like, I feel the last ten years, it's like I'm, I don't know. I have to look this up. <laughs> you know, so. Yeah. Man, James, dude, I want to thank you. I, I'm really happy you called in, dude, and we get to share your music with the metal fans out here Thanks, on the dude. Metal Sucks uh, podcast. I hope everybody catches him on tour right now, guys, in North America, and keep it on the lookout. Any update on any new music right now? Um, yeah, I'm making an album. Making an album. I cannot say when it's going to come out, but I'm making something. That's all we need, man. Yeah. Everybody stay on the lookout, and that's perfect, dude, and, and all that stuff. So with that, dude, I want to thank you so much, James, for calling into the Metal Slugs podcast. Thank you. Thanks to you, man.
And we are back, guys. The song you just heard was a single that he released just last year called Excess. And we got the update on the album that he'll be working on here, guys. But if you haven't checked out the work of Perturbator, make sure you do, especially if you're into the dark synth wave. A lot of interesting shit that the guy's been doing. And make sure you check for tour dates. He just got out of the North American tour, but he will be out here at Psycho Vegas, as we mentioned in the interview. All right, guys, two more albums you got to hear before 2019, according to us here at the Metal Sucks Podcast. The next one, also more of the punk rock genre, been described as a ACDC punk rock type band, but a band that I think has gotten stronger and better throughout the years, and that is the old firm casuals. Their latest record, Holger Dansky, but it just nails it all. This is the title track from that record, Holger Dansky.
That's Lars from Rancid. Pete, one time, by the way, told me uh, straight up that that guy's like a psycho. Like, he ripped out a kid's eye when he was 11. Lars Fredrickson? Lars Fredrickson, yes. Ripped a kid's eye out. God. Ugh. That's, well. or, or, and, then, and then it put it back in his head. No. And Fuck yeah, the science. eye survived. Yeah. I survived. <laughs> survived. The last record, guys, that we think you have to hear. Probably my favorite record of this year, man. I can so guess far. what it is. What you're gonna, I, I know what it is. Because we talked about it before. Yeah, and I know what your favorite record album of this year is. What is it? It's Whitechapel. Well, that's right, dude. Yeah. The new Whitechapel record, The Valley. I can't stop listening to it. I so think, good. I think they knocked it out of the park on every fucking level. And I'll tell you guys right now, I, I I like Whitechapel, but they've never been like this band that I'm a huge, huge, huge fan of. I like them a lot, but this record has changed the whole game for me. So I definitely want to play a track off that one, guys. This is called When a Demon Defiles a Witch.
when it when a demon defiles a witch, do you think that demon believes in safe sex? Do you think it wore a condom when it defiled that witch? Oh, well, yeah. so we, we can do, we can do a demon condom wearing poll. If you're a uh, demon the out there. Yeah, I don't, any demons out there wear condoms, let us know. Well, maybe. Um, that, they, that question is what, what the first thing that came wait, to your as head? as a 90s goth, I have to be totally against us summoning demons right now. This does not end well. I don't know if you've seen a Sam Raimi movie, but. Yeah, but I haven't seen too many clean witches either. So my thing is, is maybe the demon was taking a look at the witch and he was like, you know what? There's who's a, who's defiling who? Rubber it up. Yeah. There's a witch out there right now. Okay. Sandwich. Oh. <laughs> I hate you. <laughs> to, what, the point of this whole conversation is about Whitechapel. And the one thing I can say for this album that I haven't had in a while is this. And I know we made fun of like people who talk about riffs a couple weeks ago, but I really like the riffs in this album. This is one of those albums where I want to play the air guitar the whole time. I like riffs. I've always been a huge proponent of riffs. So, yes, Pete was the one who has the problem with the riffs. I'm going to say he that doesn't have a problem. He just has a problem with people being upset about riffs. Mm. I'm going to say that the uh, the riffs are excellent and the music is excellent. But I think I think Phil's vocals on this record really just changed the whole gamut of what this band's capable of doing. I, I'm a huge fan. And I know there's a lot of people out there that probably got into the band when they were deathcore and was like, ah, he's clean singing. I give a fuck. Sounds fantastic. Songs are great. Great record. But you guys make sure you check it out as we move into June. A hot fucking month and the sixth month of the year for all of you people out there. All of you motherfuckers. Wow. I mean, unless you're on the Chinese calendar. What are you talking? Why are you talking like, oh, you motherfuckers. shit. He's being so aggressive towards our audience today. Yeah, and he's like, he's like, oh, you motherfuckers. <laughs> oh, you motherfuckers. Right I mean, bring it on back to public access radio. He's getting ready to go on vacation. He's got that vacation juju running through his blood right now. I want you guys to know, us here at the Metal Sucks Podcast, we're recording this show a little bit earlier than we normally do because Pete's going to Hawaii. Oh. Yeah, that's why he feels all cool. He but I want you all us. to know that while I'm in Hawaii, I'll be waking up at 3 a.m. and editing this show that you're listening to right now. This yeah. guy. Just so you know. Does it for so the people. even though I'm on vacation in Hawaii, I still will sleep my four hours and still get my edits done for you motherfuckers. So why not And leave? all I ask for, all I ask for, you motherfuckers. Wow. It's a five-star review on the iTunes. Maybe if you want people to go out of their way to give us a review, don't brag about how well, you're on vacation. First off, let me I'm ask I'm in you Hawaii some. editing right now. They're probably listening to this at work. I'm at a beach. <laughs> few people know this. With my child, the county. Few people know this. There's few areas that Pete does not want to be and Hawaii is one of them. He does not like Hawaii. Yeah, He's the one person that I've ever met. He does not feel like a beach person. Yeah. <laughs> Dude, take me to San Diego. Don't put me on an island, bro. I do not like islands, oh, but I will be there. He'll be there editing for you, the for good you. metal enthusiast. Give us a five-star review and check out all the bands that we talked about right here, all five records. Don't fucking miss out. They're excellent. And make sure you check out Perturbator, guys. With that... Aloha, bitches. That's not hello. That's goodbye and hello at the same time. The Metal Sucks Podcast is signing off. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.